0: Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bed crimers. As always, I wish you the best. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you learned something or enjoyed it, please do me a favor and smash that like button. Now let's dig in. Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? Hope you're all great. I just want to share some more information about the case out of Moscow, Idaho. Information about the investigation into the case of the four slain University of Idaho students has been really hard to come by of late. The strict gag order in place has kept so much under wraps. But on Friday night's Dateline special, bombshell revelations were shared. Host Keith Morrison explained that he spoke to a source close to the investigation, and that is where much of this new information came from. Morrison also spoke to clinical psychologist Dr. Gary Brucato and Greg Cooper, the executive director of the Cold Case Foundation. Here are the biggest bombshells that were shared during the show. The very biggest bombshell of all is that Brian Koberger purchased a K bar and matching sheath off Amazon before he moved to Pullman, Washington. And it's believed that the K bar traveled with him when he drove across country to Washington State to attend WSU. Bombshell number two. When Brian Koberger was home for the holidays in December of 2022, one of his sisters became suspicious of his behavior. She saw him wearing latex gloves, which was obviously odd. That behavior, along with knowing how close Brian lived to the crime scene, just a 10- to 15-minute car ride away, and knowing that he drove a white Elantra, made her question whether her brother could be the perpetrator. Per Keith Morrison, the sister brought her concerns to their father, Michael, who replied, No, I don't think so. Despite the father's reticence to consider this possibility, some family members went outside, and I'm assuming unbeknownst to Brian, searched his car. They didn't find anything, but Brian had already cleaned the car with bleach. Bombshell number three. In Brian's bedroom in the family residence in Pennsylvania, the investigators found the IDs of two females hidden inside a latex glove. Now, these IDs did not belong to any of the victims who lived at 1122 King Road. They did not say who the IDs belonged to, but they hint at Koberger having other potential victims in his sights. Bombshell number four. We know that Brian has been receiving fan mail at the Lataw County Jail. Well, it turns out those letters are being routed first to his defense attorneys, and then they decide which of the letters Brian can see. So, I'm sorry to tell you Coburger groupies out there, but your letters might not be making it to your idol. Bombshell number five. Those two traffic stops during Brian and his father's road trip home to Pennsylvania were not made by FBI agents. Apparently, the Indiana police were carrying out drug searches on any vehicles with erratic drivers, so the two stops were made by officers who were participating in this event. One of the officers noticed Brian following too closely, and per dateline source, the FBI wasn't even following Koberger at this point because they hadn't yet seen the phone records that showed a pattern of Koberger's phone being near the girl's house in Moscow. His phone was shown to be in the area near the house 12 times. 11 of those visits occurred at night, and on one occasion, the phone was so close to the girl's house that it connected to the Wi-Fi there. Bobshell number 6. Greg Cooper of the Cold Case Foundation was on the show and he stated that there's a good possibility Koberger had been in the girl's house before the crime. He said this because, A, we know that house had a lot of parties, where friends came and went frequently, and even strangers possibly, and on one occasion, none of the girls who lived there were home while a party was taking place inside the rental home, and B, Koberger knew exactly which bedroom to go to for his intended target or targets. It's believed he went to the third floor first for either Maddie or Kaylee. Now I think it's possible that Koberger could have figured out which girls stayed in which bedroom simply by window peeping. It doesn't look like the girls were strict about keeping their shades down curtains drawn at night, and even some of their shades and curtains look light so that someone trying to see in might catch a glimpse of that person's body shape, height, profile, etc. Bombshell number seven. One of the big topics on the show was how young people live their lives publicly by posting daily and sometimes hourly to Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. With geotagging, if it's turned on on a person's cell phone, it shows where that person is when they're posting. Geotagging is a gift for predators looking for victims. Note that you can turn off geotags and it sounds like young women in particular should consider doing this. Why let some creeper that you're unaware is stalking you know exactly where you are? Bombshell number eight. Dateline source said that the information about Coburger direct messaging one or more of the victims on Instagram is untrue. That supposedly never happened. Bombshell number nine. Brian Koberger was already staring at females in an awkward, uncomfortable manner while at DeSales University. One female in his class said he did this, and she noticed, but she thought, oh, that's just Brian, and he's kind of weird anyway. So while that female student noticed it, and it stood out, it didn't send up any red flags for her. You may recall that some female students who were in the University of Idaho Student Union believed they saw Brian Koberger there, and they said he was staring at him in such a way that it made them feel really uncomfortable. So they ended up leaving the building and eating their lunch outside. Bombshell number 10. Experts on the show, including Greg Cooper, are pretty confident that Koberger allegedly committed other crimes before allegedly committing this one in Moscow. Not on the scale, perhaps, of this one. Maybe smaller crimes, as in burglaries, breaking in. Bombshell number 11. The police are saying that Koberger is a strong suspect for whoever broke into a female graduate student's residence in Pullman, Washington. This female was a friend of Koberger's, and he's the person she went to when she noticed that someone had been in her house. She noticed that items had been moved around in her kitchen and bathroom. Koberger advised her, to get security cameras, and he offered to help her install them, which he did, and because Koberger set the cameras up, he knew her password. Thus, it appears that he set himself up to be the hero who helps her, but basically he manipulated her into a situation That basically allowed him a window into her home. Criminal profiler Dr. Gary Brucato noted that this could have been a step toward the perpetrator committing the crime in Moscow. He said that criminals of this ilk often start by breaking into a house where no one's home, and that's a precursor to breaking into a home where the inhabitants are at home very scary. Bombshell number 12. While obtaining his master's degree at DeSales University, Koberger took his classes online. Because of this, it's possible that he could have been traveling to different places, committing crimes along the way. It's even possible that he may have driven to Washington prior to moving there to start his doctorate program. Bombshell number 13. During his graduate classes at DeSales, Koberger took a class by Catherine Ramsland about extreme violence. And one of the required textbooks was Ramsland's biography of serialist Dennis Rader, aka BTK, a book she co wrote with Rader. So we now know for certain that Koberger did, in fact, study BTK in-depth with Dr. Ramsland. Bombshell 14, at one of the other student rental homes on King Road, a female student who had returned from a visit home in March of 2022, left her suitcase in her car overnight. In the morning, Her suitcase was found in the middle of the road and it was obvious that someone had rifled through her things and whoever it was took a pair of her underwear from the suitcase and sort of smashed it into a cup holder. That person also moved everything that was in the car's front seat and console into her suitcase so whoever it was wanted to mess with her head, it seems like. The police believe it's likely that this could have been Brian Koberger, and that's because he was near 1122 King Road on 11 occasions in the evening prior to the crime. Bombshell 15. On Saturday, November 12th, Kaylee Gonzalez's friend Kayla had a party just across the street from 1122 King Road, and Kaylee attended that party. It's not really a huge bombshell, but it sheds new light on Kaylee's comings and goings on Saturday prior to heading out the Corner Club Bar. Bombshell 16. Dr. Gary Brucato said that one of the reasons Koberger allegedly took the life or lives of his intended victim or victims was so that he could have ultimate control over her. With the way he ambushed his victims, they could not say no to him. They had no choice. Now he was in the driver's seat after being rejected so many times by females. Even when he tried so many things to fix, whatever he thought they found unappealing about him, namely he lost more than a 100 pounds, perhaps getting all those degrees, etc. to better himself, but no matter what he tried, it seems like nothing really worked. So by attacking these females at night and up close impersonal with that K-Bar, they could not say no to him. And Brucato, it was either Brucato or Cooper, suggested that it's possible he took his latex gloves off, and that might be why the K-Bar sheath fell when he was committing the crime on the third floor, that he wanted it to be a very visceral experience and feel it with his hands. Also, that act of what he did to those girls, in his mind might bind them together for life. Bombshell 17, the FBI now believes that the person posing as Papa Rogers on a Facebook group devoted to the Idaho case was in fact Brian Koberger. You may recall that this person made the eerie post on November 30th, which said, and I quote, of the evidence released the blank weapon, has been consistent as a large, thick blade knife. This leads me to believe they found the sheath. This evidence was released prior to autopsies, end quote. So where I said blank before weapon, substitute a word that rhymes with herder, but starts with M, the blank weapon. The fact that officers found a sheath at the crime scene was not made known to the public until the probable cause affidavit was released January of 2023. Dr. Brucato said this leaking of information by Koberger was likely because he could not control his desire to talk about the crime and sort of puff himself up like, ha ha ha, I got all of you. Of course, that leather sheath may end up being one of the pieces of evidence that puts Koberger on death row. So in the end, who's laughing? Okay, that's all. Those are all the bombshells. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you guys are well. If you did enjoy it, smash that like button. It's a free way you can help your girl.